Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Jenna X is joining us on this Tuesday, so it's going to be a great show. And I'm also here as well, so I'm looking forward to today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Ethereum founder Vitalik Buterin was bashing Ripple and XRP during their lawsuit against the SEC, stating that crypto can be communist. Just look at what Ripple has created. ISO tokens are coming into full effect this November, marking the beginning of the most impactful banking shift of the century. And with the largest financial firms on the planet turning to crypto as a new form of payment, we break down the details, showing our community how the largest institutions on the planet are creating the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, there's a lot of great news we got for today. We got Vitalik calling XRP communist. Swift news, Sam Bankman Freed news, the list goes on and on. But how you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. Well, Abs, what's really important is we got our man Anthony just texting me. He's watching GMC right now live. I love it, Anthony. Good for you. And good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there who show up every single day. We love you. We appreciate you. And yes, we got a lot of great news, and there's no better time to do it than with our lovely, lovely friend. Jenna X on the show. I can't wait to hop into it. Jenna, we got a bunch of news prepared. Sam Bankman-Fried facing 10 years in jail, and Caroline Ellison's going to be testifying this afternoon. So I'm sure we'll get some updates during the show. But how are you feeling? Thanks for being here. Whoa, wait. He's only facing 10 years? I thought it was 110. Gonna be I'm good. pretty sure... I'm pretty sure he's looking at 110, but we'll probably only end up at 10, unfortunately. I am feeling amazing, guys. I cannot wait to be here. I think I had Johnny up past his bedtime last night. I don't know. I kept calling like, hey, Johnny, how do you do? And I'm on Merlin. Hey, Johnny. Like three or four times I kept calling him and I love it. But congratulations. Like Merlin is launched, guys. I think this is just such an awesome big week. So I'm super excited to get into all the topics and good morning to all you beautiful beautiful warrior maniacs definitely yeah. an exciting week and we're going to be giving some merlin updates as well guys don't forget we're going to be creating a mock portfolio for the program so we can track the portfolio every day and hopefully use the merlin exit strategy if this market turns bullish johnny we're going to start this thing off the same that way is, we always oh, do. When, when it turns bullish my friend when yep, turns- yep yep and we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the good morning crypto twitter account that is at 3tgm crypto on twitter go smash that follow button to get updates throughout the day when we look at some of the daily movers this morning, we've got AVAX up 1%, HBAR up 1%, XDC up 1%, but the rest of the market, it's red across the board. And Johnny Crypto, we launched our Merlin program yesterday, so you're going to have to buy me a second here. We're actually going to skip the market update, and we're going to get right into this clip that I wanted to show to start the episode, John. Johnny, um, and this is, I just got to locate it here, so bear with me for one second. That's this all is right, a- Take your time, locate your ads while you're doing that. Thank we'll you. Just be talking about, you know, Ab says you're doing that. <clears throat> one of the uh, one of the biggest questions we get asked all the time, and somebody literally just asked it, is will Merlin be an app? And guys, Merlin is designed response like to be responsive, so it acts kind of like an app. So that um, basically, for the most part, 
you can you can literally just put it on your phone right there. See the icon and, and whoops, I just screwed it all up. But there it is right there on your phone, like an app. It's in the FAQs, how to add it to your phone. So it actually works like an app. It feels like an app, but we don't have an app yet. That's on the roadmap. It's coming later. But again, we've designed it. So whether you're on a tablet or a phone, it's going to adjust and work just like an app. So guess what? It doesn't need to be an app because it works like one. Go check out the FAQs. You can add it to your home screen and it makes your life easy. And I'm sorry, guys. I apologize for that for all of our live listeners. Usually I'm more prepared, but yesterday... I was looking at the charts after the show, so that's what was sitting on the screen. We're going to start this thing off with the market update right now. As we are sitting at $1.06 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 50% dominance this morning. We've got Ethereum at about 17%. Bitcoin is sitting at 27400 Ethereum, 1568 We've got XRP below $0.50, cents, sitting at 49 And there was something really interesting that happened with the price chart yesterday, Johnny. XRP wicked from $0.50 cents down to 45 I think it was 45 cents. Jenna, one of your friends messaged me, said she got a buy order in at 39 cents yesterday. So I don't know what was going on. Isn't that crazy? I, I didn't get liquidated on Mexi because I had like a position in everything. So I thank God like that didn't get triggered. I wonder what platform she was on. Yeah, that's a good question. Hopefully if she's in the live chat, she can answer that too. But Johnny, we're going to get this thing started with a Vitalik Buterin video because yesterday I found this shocking, shocking video of Vitalik bashing the founders of Ripple and XRP and talk about throwing rocks from a glass house. He was talking about the connections between XRP and China and how this token is communist. Yeah. So XRP, XRP is communist. Everyone agree there? <laughs> mm. I mean, come on, like, you know, just like look at how the guys have been, you know, virtue signaling their like, institutional partnerships and regulatory compliance and then when uh, it turns out they're not actually regulatory compliant, then uh, you know they start talking about how Ethereum is controlled by China. Remember that? Yeah. So communist. Um, but you know, there's. I, I, Jen, I'm just going to start with you. I'm not surprised. I, I was almost speechless. I'm not surprised because it's one of those things where only the guilty are the are the ones who accuse others, right? It's like they say. But when Vitalik's talking about the connections between China and XRP, what's really, really interesting is that this was all during the SEC lawsuit. So he had a he had a narrative going on where he definitely thought Ripple and XRP were going to lose because he wouldn't make statements like this if he thought they were going to come out victorious. So what did you take away from that video? We'll kick it to Johnny. Well, yeah, he's just a complete idiot. He just wanted to run his little yap. Just like, and you know, because he knew damn well that ETH was getting a free pass and all the shady business that was going on in the background. So he just wanted to talk his shit. Um, okay, you better watch your back, buddy. Okay, he's an idiot. It's a difficult time when you talk about the like the evolution of crypto as a whole because people think Ethereum is a safe choice, right, Johnny? A lot of times it's Bitcoin, that's the store of value, Ethereum. That's the one we believe in. Everything else we're not really sure about. When you just talk to the average investor, Ethereum is looking like it has dark days ahead when it comes to the allegations that they're going to face. I don't know if it's just Vitalik. It could be consensus. The Chinese ties are there. The American corruption is there. If anybody's going to be dealt with, it's going to be Ethereum. So what do you take away from that video? I find it to be the most hypocritical thing ever because here's the funny part. Vitalik is Russian. <laughs> he's a Russian Canadian. He's freaking communist. He come from a communist country and he's calling it communist. I mean, you want to talk about this. Is just, it doesn't get any better than that. It's completely like this guy's communist, creates a, you know, creates a coin, complete corruption all over the place. And then he's, you know, but again, that's what you do, right? If you don't want attention on yourself, what do you do? You kind of, you create a you distraction over here. Hey, look at it. Look over here. So you're not looking behind the behind the sheets over here. What's really going on? 
But, you know, at some point, I know everybody wants the chickens to come home to roost. Or I should say roosters, I guess, come home to roost uh, for Ethereum. But I don't know if it's going to happen, Abs. I think they got the right connections. They got the right people. And I'm, I'm not so sure we're ever going to see the day where where ETH is going to have to, you know, pay the price. I, I Let me ask you this, because we were getting called out on Twitter by Greenwood Holding Company, and I'm sure he's going to be listening to this episode as well. He goes, Johnny thinks that corruption wins in the end. I disagree. So what do you say to that? Do you genuinely believe that the system's so flawed that people can publicly cheat it, get caught, and not be held accountable? Well, I would just say to him this. Show me the proof. He says, he says that, you know, injustice wins in the end. Where? Where? Give me some examples. Show me some examples. 2008, when they corrupted the system, who <laughs> went to jail? You know, the whole, the whole, the whole thing with the Ukraine and the money and, and you know, the corruption out. Who's going to jail? The whole thing with the emails. Who's going to jail? Nobody, nobody, where? Just show. so, no, I don't, I don't want it to win. I just haven't seen any examples. So he's a little, you know, his, I didn't even know he wrote that. So that's kind of just no, he was he's he loves he supports the show, and I want to give him a shout out. He's super active on Twitter, but he was holding us accountable. I think it's a justified question. You gave a great answer. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, dude, show me the show me the proof, show me the example, show me, show me people doing illegal shit, going to jail, and then and then I'd be like, Yeah, you're right. But you know, like, like look at the whole thing now with Hinman and the 15 million dollars and all that. Nobody's gonna go to jail on any of this stuff. They're gonna say it's not even a crime, it's more of a civil thing. So Again, I'm just looking at it and saying, until I see the proof that these people are being held accountable, I have no confidence in the system that they're going to get held accountable. That, that's all I'm saying. Do you think the crypto market can, can continue to move forward without addressing that corruption? Globally, it seems like they're adopting these assets regardless. So the American narrative, it seems to dominate shows like ours. Is it really as impactful as we make it out to be that they got that free pass? I mean, no, I don't think I don't think that. Um, this is going to prevent the markets from moving forward. There's going to this corruption and everything we do, even the stock markets. I mean, everything's corrupt. So, I mean, or was corrupted and then they clean it up and they get it out. I remember early days when, when they first started that you were in diapers and they were adding <clears throat> the stock market to the internet and there were exchanges. There was all this kind of crappy, you know, nasty stuff happening and pumping and dumps and things. And they cleaned a lot of that up and prevented it now put regulations and things in place. And I think the same thing will happen in crypto to, for the most part, so that a lot of the stuff um, will, will kind of get flushed out, but there's always going to be some of it, but I don't think it's going to hold the crypto. No, I don't think you could stop this one trillion trillion pound gorilla that's starting. That's probably going to grow to, you know, hopefully 2 trillion and then 4 trillion and 14 trillion. I think the crypto market is here to stay. Um, but Johnny when there's no, King Kong's got nothing on this trillion dollar. <laughs> guys. King Kong has we nothing. Got, we got 270 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Give a shout out to Johnny Crypto. Listen, you got to answer the tough questions on GMC and you do a great job, my friend. This is an eight second video and I'm kicking it straight back to you and Jenna. Gary Gensler talking about how China is ahead of the United States when it comes to the adoption of digital assets. I think that the payment space uh, in the U.S. has been slow to adapt. I think China, Kenya, India, many, many countries are ahead of us. Have leaped. I think that. And I wonder why, Gary Gensler. Could it be non-compliance? <laughs> you know why, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Mother. <laughs>
Hello, you're right, Gary. And guess who the problem is? You know what? Someone should have held up a mirror when he was saying that, when he was talking that speech. That would have been great. Oh, my God. This is freaking priceless. You can't even make this stuff up. Like, and he's mocking us. He's literally mocking us. He knows <laughs> what the fuck he's doing. He's like, yeah, it's just U.S. flow adopt. I wonder the fuck why, buddy. Oh, my God. I cannot. We're fired up on GMC this morning. We got Jenna and Abs, I mean, and Johnny cursing. It's very, very interesting. And it's obviously allowed, Jenna. So I'm only teasing you. But we're going to dive into a video that correlates extremely well. The U.S. is actually approaching the market similar to China. And maybe that could be a good thing for crypto investors. We're going to discuss it. And obviously, that's a little sarcasm there. The U.S. is really lurching toward a market structure that's more like what we see in China. Um, one that is fueled by a lot of surveillance and even censorship, one that actually mixes up banking payments with commercial activities. And we've had a long tradition in our country of trying to separate banks from the real economy so that they're supporting other businesses, not steering to those businesses. And obviously, big tech firms are, in many cases, trying to come up with their own currencies. We saw this with Facebook and its doomed Libra project several years ago, and more are coming up with those ideas. So we need to make sure the payment system is fast and safe for consumers, but really fair for everybody, not just big conglomerates. So Johnny, this is what caught my attention. Back in 2021, the idea, my idea was this, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, what they're all going to do is they're going to launch some sort of a stable coin or crypto asset that you can purchase goods within their stores, right? If I purchase an Apple NFT or an Apple stablecoin, maybe I get 10% off on all my purchases. That could incentivize people to use the token. What is preventing that from happening? Right now, we're seeing that the Federal Reserve and other people who control the banking industry today are anti, I'm not sure the word that you would use, maybe tech giant. Maybe you can help me out here. Do you see what I'm trying to get at? The only thing preventing that from taking place, these individual currencies from being launched within companies is the banking giants today and how they have a monopoly on our money. Uh, there's a lot of people who are going to disagree in the live chat. So I want to ask publicly, put a one in the live chat. If you think companies like Apple and Amazon should be able to launch their own token, put a two if you think that's contrary to having a stable dollar. But Johnny, I'm kicking it to you. What do you take away from my statements? Oh, I mean, listen, wars, <laughs> countries is going over wars for power, fight for power for, <clears throat> for the you know, for their currency to, 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 to be the global leader, I should say, not so much a currency. But there's no surprise that the banking industry doesn't want competition. Are you surprised? <laughs> why, why, why would they, right? So imagine now you've got the U.S. dollar, or you've got the banking system that has a currency, and, and every country has its own currency. And now you're going to have companies creating their own currencies? And now you're going to have that competing with I mean, that's going to be a freaking disaster. It's a nightmare. So no, they don't, they don't want that. Now the question is, how do you create? And then the interesting thing about that, if you have that, then you need on and off ramps. Now I have to be able to convert Libra to U.S. dollars and this and that. And so, so the cool thing about that is we could build bridges in crypto to be able to do those on and off ramps and be able to facilitate all that. But now there's a lot of lost transactions. So the question is, you know, how do you facilitate a system like that? Would they allow it? And if they do, they're only going to allow it if they have their hands on it. And, and maybe that's why, you know, they're pushing back and figuring out, hey, how do we build the system? And then we don't care. What, what runs on it as long as we own the system? And I don't think that system is built yet. That's the problem. No, I, I agree with that, Johnny. The interoperability is one of the biggest things. While I do think it would be bullish, you know, if Apple and all these, they had their own cryptocurrency. The biggest problem is, think about when you start scattering your money everywhere and it's like, I've got dust in this wall, this wall. I think about 
how much more money I would have if I could put it all in just a few different tokens and like keep it here, you know, versus, oh, I need to buy this with this token here and this to get this. It's the biggest pain in the ass. And, and I realize how much money I've been wasting and leaving on the table because I am just too diverse because I need to go here to get this and this. So I, I agree with you. And the interoperability is definitely the biggest. Johnny, let me say one thing before I kick it back to you. What really, I, I don't think companies should be able to launch their own currencies. And this is the reason, right? Why would we give corporations more control than they already have in these markets? Imagine if Amazon can decide, we didn't like what Johnny Crypto tweeted, or we didn't like what his purchases were. We're going to shut his currency down. So now he can't use the Amazon currency. That would be my biggest fear. You're giving these companies even more control, but kick it back to you for some comments. Not to mention, not only do I 100% agree with you, it would be a disaster. I don't want to have to worry about... When I buy an Amazon, I got to have Amazon dollars. And when I buy on Microsoft, I got to have Microsoft dollars. And when I buy on wherever the hell I buy, I got to buy whatever the hell dollars I'm on. No, I don't want I don't want that complexity in my life. Our lives are busy enough as it is. But what I if it was simple, as simple as signing up for I a want, card? <clears throat> I want simple. Wait, say again. What if it was as simple as, you know how like you go into a lot of stores and they say, oh, sign up for our membership program. It's just a card in your wallet. Every time you go and we type in your last name, we see you got the Amazon token. Now you get the discount. You know how many times I walk into a store and I still don't have a card today? It's too painful. I ain't got no time. Like, oh, you got to fill this form. I'm like, what? I'm like, well, I just made a payment. I put my card in. So either make me an account right here on the spot. And by the way, when you do that, I don't want a card and I don't want a letter in the mail telling me I got 73 rewards and I got to bring a coupon when store. No. I want everything simple. I want to go to the store. You recognize who I am. You give me my damn credit. It's got to be simple abs. Nobody has time for this shit. I was talking to Jenna last night, right? Nobody, re nobody reads. They put a bunch of instructions in Berlin, and everybody asked me the same questions that is freaking written right there on the screen. Nobody's got time to read. You want people to fill a form and figure out how to use this credit card and use that for this and that? No, it's not. It's too complex. You can't do it. It needs to be simple. I don't want... 73,000 corporate coins out there that I need to worry. About. And that's what's going to happen, by the way. They are going to do it. Yes. They're going to have, you know, they're, and, but, but the way they're going to do it, I think it'll be like, you know, how they used to have like reward dollars. Now it'll be like reward coins. And they'll give you these coins and you'll get Amazon coins and you can use them to buy this and you can use them to buy that. You know, and Barry, you're right. I do need to calm <laughs> I guess I need to calm down. Uh, don't wish that anyway. But, you know, to me, I, yeah, abs, I really think we're heading in that direction, but I don't think it's going to be allowed as a currency. But I think, you know, they can't stop them from allowing it as reward dollars, but instead you'll get them as reward coins, you know, and you can spend them on their website. I, I think, yeah, we're probably heading in some, to some degree in that direction. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's because everybody's greedy. They all want power. They all want control and they're all greedy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, if we don't if we don't have a situation where America steps up and gets ahead of of places like China and the UAE, we're going to have a situation where we're losing money every single day. We got 335 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And there's a lot of video I'd like to play. But let's play this track one more time and give our closing comments because we got some new listeners here. This is Vitalik Buterin talking about how Ripple and XRP are the communist tokens in crypto today. Can be communist. So XRP, XRP is communist. Everyone agree there? <laughs> mm. I mean, come on, like, you know, just like look at how the guys have been, you know, virtue signaling their like, institutional partnerships and regulatory compliance. And then when uh, it turns out they're not actually regulatory compliance, then, uh, you know, they start talking about how Ethereum is controlled by China. Remember that? Yeah, so, communist. Um, but, you know, there's. Um, 
he's i don't know if he's doing a stand-up special but i would say comedy is not your strong suit by talent <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely not you know what's funny he's got such a big chip on his shoulder from when ripple i guess in his mind threw him under the bus or threw them under the bus that he he can't let it go now he just can't let it go. And he hates the fact. There is no doubt right now. He's so pissed. When that judge ruined, when judge, when judge tore the ruin of favor XRP, you know he was vomiting. He was puking. He was not feeling good. He was, that was probably the worst day of his life because the last thing he wanted to see was XRP prevail. And now it prevailed. And now he's pissed off and he's going to crack all these jokes about it. But the reality is, sorry, buddy, XRP won. And by the way, it's, I would say it's the only coin with clarity, but because ETH has a free pass, I guess I'll say it's really, and we know that BTC has clarity because Gary finally said it. So there's really three coins that have clarity. You got XRP, BTC, and then free pass Ethereum. That's what we call for now. Free pass Ethereum. That's what it's called right now. Because we know Hinman gave it clarity because it is sufficiently decentralized and nobody in the world still knows what the hell that means. Guys, now what is sleep on projects like Algorand and HBAR as well as XLM? Because although they're not talked about in the mainstream narrative, those are the companies that are getting meetings behind the scenes. And for some reason, the SEC is not going after them. But Jenna, I'm going to kick it to you. Oh, I, Vitalik needs to let it go. Like he lets them boogers go on the wall, dude. Let it go, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, well, this is another update, guys. This is Citibank's recent paper. Who will be moving $250 trillion in the next five years? Well, Ripple and XRP are two of the key narratives going on. You're going to hear a lot about USDC and Circle Token as well. But for this video, I'm just going to let it play. City have uh, published a paper on the future of cross-border payments. Can you tell us about it? Sure. So in the paper, we are discussing who is going to be moving the $250 trillion or so in cross-border payments five years from now. We know who is moving it today. But the players who are moving in today and the players who are going to be moving these funds down the road are going to be different because of the transformation which we see. So there's a lot of videos we're going to connect here, Johnny. I'm going to play another video. This is a, I love people like this. This is what I would call an independent reporter, guys. Somebody who is hanging outside of the Swift Cybos event. He tracked down one of the blockchain specialists and was able to ask him about Ripple and XRP. The answer here, it's pretty shocking. Can I show your face or not? Hi, we're here at CBOS, and this gentleman is taking his time to uh, um, answer a couple questions about blockchain and if it's going to be implemented in um, the banking system. So can you let us know how uh, Swift is going to use blockchain for sending money? I'm not sure how Swift is going to do it, but for sure they will. It's on its way, and we are doing trials on it. Very good. And um, do you know about on-demand liquidity and DLT? Yes. Okay, and do you know about a company called Ripple? And are they being used? Ripple, yes, of course we do. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Do you know about bills of lading, going to bills of e-lading in the UK? We are not involved in that. Okay, but do you know about it? Being used on the blockchain? Yes. Trading is going to be on the blockchain? We have listened about it, but we are not involved in that. Right. Are you connected with Ripple in any way, a partner with Ripple? Not yet. Not yet. That's a very good, very good answer. All right, I really appreciate your time. Not yet, Johnny Crypto, but he said it right there. They are running trials using this technology and the most shocking video we have prepared, I'm playing it after this, but I got to get comments from you and Jenna. Floor is yours. 
Well, I mean, I think that guy was trying to spin a little more positive than it really is. I mean, he pretty much said we're not using Ripple and it's not part of the test, but maybe there's some discussions going on. I didn't hear what he said in the beginning of his question, though. What technology did he ask him that they were uh, using that he confirmed that they were running trials? Did he ask a particular technology? He just said blockchain. Oh, he said blockchain. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, no surprise there. I mean, we know that there are a bunch of blockchain tests going on. And we know there's many systems being tested and tried out. It is kind of unfortunate that Ripple wasn't one of the ones he's using. That would have been extremely exciting, you know, if if they were actually using it. So, you know, again, you got to be careful and not read too deep into these things because, you know, yeah, just because we've all heard of Ripple doesn't mean we're going to use it. Right. But uh, let's find out if, you know, if we see in the future that there's actually some adoption of it or it being trialed, that would be very, very exciting. Absolutely. Jenna, what's really interesting about this whole interview is that this is a blockchain specialist for the Cybos event, meaning he's connected to the SWIFT banking system. The SWIFT hosts these events. He's acknowledging Ripple, and he did say not yet. I don't want to undervalue that, right? Johnny's going to take one side of the argument. I'll go to the other side of the spectrum. The fact that he acknowledged he understood what Ripple was and they're not using the technology yet is very different than saying, we don't like that technology. We're not going to work with private companies, right? Like. These are these are answers that could have been given and weren't. What did you take away from the news, specifically him saying not yet? I liked his smile and I like the not yet. <laughs> I like that because it's like, hey, no, but maybe we want to work with them in the future, et cetera. But just because blockchain is being used, guys, it doesn't mean that a particular cryptocurrency is going to go to the moon. You can use blockchain without actually using a cryptocurrency associated with it. So like, let's say something would happen to XRP and it died. The XRPL can still be used, for example. So, you know, I, I just think it's cool. And I think it's things that we should watch, but I can also see where, you know, someone on Twitter who is engagement farming is going to be like, yeah, confirm. Ripple, they're using Ripple, Swift's using Ripple, XRP to the moon, $10,000 tomorrow. And then, you know what I mean? So that, yeah, just take out the grain of salt. Exactly. That's exactly what I was getting at, right? I'm trying to avoid people getting overexcited just because he said the words not yet. I mean, yeah, maybe something's in the work. Maybe something's not. Who knows? You know, let's not get, let's not already assign them that they've already got, you know, seven blockchain tests running because he said the word not yet. That's all I'm saying. But by the way, Jenna, it looks like you're being asked to run for president. And also David would like to know if you want to marry him. So anyway, none of that. I, I say yeah, David. Jenna for president too. Maybe Jenna could be our first female president. Imagine having a crypto friendly president abs. How freaking. No, I don't want it. I just want to talk <laughs> shit on X and go about my day. I am not interested. <laughs> I am not interested. And I do think that you could win. So don't even worry about it. We just got to get somebody who can speak properly as a president for now. But guys, we got 349 <laughs> live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is the video I was just referencing. This is the CEO of the Bank of Israel talking about how there's a shift into ISO protocols. And once we make that shift, there is no return. In fact, we woke up and we said we're going to do ISO because that's what we the world needs. The major currencies are moving to ISO. There is no choice. So that boat has already left. Right? It's, it's left. We cannot go back because as the major clearing currencies move to, to the switch data, anything is going to fall on that front. So let me illustrate what it, how difficult it actually can be to be instant and frictionless by showing you a picture. This is illustrative, right? You will see a chain of banks that are processing a transaction cross-border. 
usually the transaction is initiated by a customer somehow. It hits either PSPs. So Johnny Crypto, he basically said it right there. We're shifting into ISO protocols. And for the sake of the video, what he does is he explains a fractured system versus a liquid system. You can reference Ripple and ODL, but what I think it really is, it's a shift we've never seen before. For the first time ever, central banks are going to be able to communicate with one another. And this is the most underrated narrative. Nobody talks about this, Johnny. I've never heard another channel address this. For the first time ever, cryptocurrencies allow banks to not only communicate with one another, but to have incentive to work together. That's a really, really interesting update. I'm going to kick it to you and then we'll go to Jenna. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, I mean, he, he's right. The, the ship has sailed. The, you know, the train has left the station. We all know that crypto is is gonna is here to stay and is going to be used as oh look who decided to show up to you know we all know that it's going to basically drive or lead the the, the next evolution of the banking system and the payment system and the interoperability and communication apps. All of that is in the works, being figured out right now as we speak. You know, and certainly we know that Ripple is one of the has one of the products with their I don't even think they call it the ODL anymore. Now they just call it their payment system and their payment system solves that bottom that will that image that you had up earlier on the screen. You know, the communication path and being able to transfer money back and forth and that whole it's a solution. It's there. They literally set out to see. Yeah, there you go. They set out to solve that. The, oh, sorry. It's a, <clears throat> that top one. They set out to solve that top one so that, you know, you could have a flow of cryptocurrencies, you know, or, you know, from money to cryptocurrency without having the Nostra Rostro accounts. That's all designed and done. It's just a matter of do they have the right partnerships so that the banking system will pick up their system or are they going to, you know, try to force themselves into the system? That's really what we're waiting to see. Celsius was ISO 27001 compliant. I'm just throwing it out there. Like the ISO 200, it's cool, guys. It's cool, but it's not be all end all. Exactly. And Jenna, that's so important. Like everybody thinks just because you're ISO compliant that you're in. No, it's not how it works. There were a bunch of things that are, you know, that could, that when we were trying to solve for wireless that were wireless compatible, but they all lost. So the reality is the compliance, these, these, these tokens are working themselves towards getting to the point where they're compliant. It doesn't mean they're all going to get used. It just means they have the probability of getting used. And that's a good thing. And that's why, you you know, if you're getting invested in crypto, you don't know where to start. That's a good place to start. But as Jenna said, some of those aren't going to make it. They're just, they're going to go away. It's just what's going to happen. Thank you, Johnny. And sorry about that. We're going to bring up another video right now because we talked about crypto catalysts going forward. Ethereum ETFs are already here. How long until we see other ETF products? This man, he addresses that question. Whether we're at an important moment here for the Bitcoin ETF. So Gary Gensler, the chair of the SEC, he's been an opponent of a spot Bitcoin ETF. Uh, he has less than a week to appeal a very important decision that many went against him, the grayscale ruling, where uh, in the court, those of you who don't know this, the grayscale ruling, the court basically said, you, Gary Gensler, have approved a, a, a Bitcoin futures ETF. That is a like product to a spot Bitcoin. And if you approve one, you have to prove the other. And he has uh, 45 days to appeal that. It's up this week. So Gary, what is Gensler going to do here? Gary is Gensler, any sign his opposition to crypto is, is, is lessening? Gary Gensler has essentially said, you can eat ketchup, but you can't eat tomatoes. 
everybody seems to understand. It's like the Pokemon card thing, Johnny. It's the same exact idea. We're going to see a shift. They're using Gary Gensler as like this dark knight. Gary Gensler is holding the market back. Gary Gensler is just speaking for the bankers here. So once the bankers make a shift, we're either going to see Gary Gensler shift or the new SEC chairman do the same thing. Yep. You tell me, are we on the precipice of mass adoption? Because the next SEC commissioner or this one will begin to prove, approve crypto ETF products in the USA. Yeah, I, I certainly think we are getting closer and closer. The tolerance is there to getting to an ETF. Now, I want to just be clear because I think we're confusing people. Ab. So for my man here, the cat's out of the bag um, or whatever your name is there. But the, the ETF, no. So ETFs. So, Abs, let's be clear. Let's explain to you what's happening here. So there's kind two kinds of ETFs. You got the spot ETF, which is the real ETF. And then you got futures. The future ETFs have been approved for Bitcoin and I think a few for Ethereum, okay? So that's what was already approved. What, But that doesn't drive the entire market. The, the one that would drive the market where people would flood it is what's called a spot ETF. That's where you actually buy the, the currency today, not a future price of what it's going to be, but the actual asset itself, all right? That's a spot ETF. That's huge. Because that's like going out and, you know, if I if I open up an ETF, I got to go and I actually have to buy the asset, right? And so if you get these approved, then all these companies will flood in. The, 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 the company who runs the ETF has to go and buy the underlying asset and hold on to it. And that's going to drive the price up. So that is a big, big deal. And I think we're getting very, very close. And when I say very, very close, I mean within maybe three to six months from now. I think we'll finally get somewhere within that time frame. I think we'll finally see the first approval of a Bitcoin ETF. I think that'll be the first. I think it'll be BlackRock's. BlackRock's BTF will be the first. And then after that, I think you'll see them all start falling in place. You'll get a bunch of bunch of BTC ETFs. Then you'll get some Ethereum ETFs. And hey, you might even get an XRP ETF as well, Abs. I think it, I think all of that becomes possible. But none of that is possible until after we get that first BTF approval. And I think we're probably three to six months away. That's my eight cents. Jen, I'm going to kick it to you before I play this John Deaton video. What do you think about the ETF narrative? One of the things I definitely take away from this whole, I guess, restructuring of how crypto is going to be distributed is that we're all betting on institutions now. This is what's really funny. We came into this market talking about decentralization. I Googled, what's the definition of a spot Bitcoin ETF? It's when an institutional fund would purchase Bitcoin at a particular rate and hold it, right? So what we're anticipating here is that big companies are going to start allocating large amounts of money into the crypto market. They're going to buy Bitcoin. They're going to hold it and then offer it to their clients. Seems to me like we're centralizing the Bitcoin, if, the, if you ask me, but I'm not sure. What do you take away? Yeah, 100% abs. It's definitely centralizing Bitcoin. It's taking away what Bitcoin was meant to do, but big institutions are going to do that. And this is why I know it's a very unpopular. Um, opinion, but I think that decentralization in itself is a pipe dream. I love it. I, you know, I love like crypto first principles and everything that it means, but banks and big institutions have to get into it. They want their cut. And honestly, it seems like that's the only way that we're going to see this adoption. That's why it's so important that we're seeing this now and that you know how to purchase it on your own. And that, you know, the only way that you're buying it is not buying a derivative of it, but you know, it, it's like Johnny said, people love, and it, 
the spot ETFs are a lot more popular and that's what people want to buy. That's what they want to trade. Um, the futures, that's a lot more risky. So a majority of your investors are going to go with the spot ETFs. But yeah, no, I totally agree with you centralizing everything on that. And I, I'm just going back to the whole, you can eat ketchup, but you can't eat tomatoes. I agreed though, too. You know, I think it's about six months out. It's going to be next year. It's going to be close to the Bitcoin um, having whenever we see these ETFs approved. And then I think the ETH will follow eventually the XRP, but they're not talking about the XRP right now because you know, there's so much opportunity there for the institutions right now. So why would they want to be sharing any kind of bullish news about XRP right now? That's going to happen later. And it's going to happen when, you know, people are missing out on the gains. And that's our chance to be able to take profits and dump on those who are coming in. So it's all waiting game. It's great. That's some great insight, Jenna. And Jenna, Johnny, one of the things I took away from our interview with Waters Above yesterday was that we could be at the final end of this bear market. What's so exciting about right now is everything's negative. Everything you read about crypto, unless you're watching super informed programs like us or Digital Asset Investor, Brad Kimes, Bearable Bull, Kevin Cage, list goes on and on. I Jenna think X. Jenna X, she's here. But here's the thing. That's what's, that's what's shifting right now is that there's going to be a shift in the mainstream media over the next eight to 12 months where they become very pro-Bitcoin, pro-Ethereum, pro-cryptocurrency overall. And that's why we're going to see a bullish year for 2024. Yesterday, Waters Above stated something, and he said, call him out and hold him accountable with this. April of 2024, we will have two things happen. XRP will break $1.90, and the crypto market will have a catalyst, positive or negative. There will be something huge in April of 2024. Now, we're going to continue to bring it up and hopefully cover that on this channel, Johnny. But what do you take away from everything I just stated? Oh my God, 2024 is loaded with so many catalysts, so many catalysts. I mean, we, we've been saying it. You've got obviously the number one most, you know, one most obvious. So everybody knows that one, which is, by the way, yes, everybody good to go to Twitter and free DAI. This is ridiculous that they're, you know, Twitter is supposed to be all about free speech. And then the poor guy doesn't even have his website or his. Uh, hey, message his, DAI is always welcome on our channel, guys. That's it. Free DAI. If you want to come on DAI, you're welcome. You, you know how to reach me. Uh, come on anytime. We'd love to have you on, but, uh, abs 2024 is so exciting for the crypto market. You've got, first of all, you got to have it. Then you've got most likely, you know, a potential, you know, for sure. I'm most, I feel, um, a BTF, a BTC ETF. I always do that. You got an ETF approval coming. Say that five times fast. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I don't even want to try to say it a second time. Never mind. But then you got this. So you got that coming. And then you've got now we know Judge Torres or one of the in the in the case has said asked Ripple and XRP to go ahead and kind of do a settlement. That's in April 2024. Plus, you've got the Fed saying they're gonna maybe slow down rates. Plus, you may have Congress coming with regulation. You got an election year. There's so much positive, potentially bullish news for the crypto market that to be honest with you, I'm anxious now. Because I'm sitting there saying, man, I wish I had more disposable income right now. I want to be buying right now while everybody's scared. This is going to be the last time to really buy crypto dirt cheap before the next run. This is it. We're living it right now. This month is what I mean. I think between now and December may be the, the, you know, maybe the lowest we see. And I don't know if we're going to get any lower. But between now and that time frame, after that, we're going to start heading into the bullish adoption curve. Because the smart money is going to start getting back in. So, or is already in, but they're going to start doing the things to start pushing it up. So for me, abs, very, very exciting times right now. I told you we might see quant at 60 and somebody just said we're at 85. We are getting close, but I already said at 85, I'm going to start DCing back in. For me, that's good enough because 
You know, when we're talking $400 or $1,000 for quant, you think I'm going to give a crap if I bought it at 60 or 85? <laughs> it ain't going to matter much. I don't want to distract us from the quant news, but I want to actually throw a stat out there and get you and Jenna's thoughts on this. Today, the crypto market is barely over a trillion. It's $1.06 trillion in total market cap. This year alone, the United States will pay over $1.1 trillion in the interest on our debt. Think about that. The interest on our debt is let, less than the global market cap for cryptocurrencies. I think that just highlights how early we are and how small this market is, Johnny. So give me a reaction to that. I'm also showing the internet adoption curve. Right now, if you compare crypto adoption to internet adoption, it is 1998. And I love that stat so much because I think it just shows how far we have to go. But Johnny, floor is yours. Yes, it is very exciting because I remember the whole internet market thing back in 1997. <clears throat> and I remember, you know, none of us kind of knew what it meant. It was all new technology. Cell phones were these big bricks. You know, I had a Motorola flip phone. It was this monster thing, but it was cool. Right? They exist. I mean, you don't even know you weren't even, you weren't even in diapers when I had my first cell phone. You know, but anyway, you know, so nobody kind of knew what it was like. And we didn't know where we were headed, but we knew there was something kind of big and on the cusp coming. And then, you know, you had the dot-com bubble and crash and all that. And like an idiot, I sold all my Amazon. So the reality is this time, We've got to, it's like, it's like the matrix reloaded, right? It's round two. We got another shot at this thing. And this time we're going to do it right. We're going to make sure that we've got Merlin. So we, now we know when to get the hell out. We're not going to, we're going to, we're going to ladder on the way out, but we're going to also hold some for the future. But we're in the beginning of something that's got, you know, what you're not showing here. This is just an adoption curve. If you actually showed a market cap curve of all those technologies, you would see it would be exponential. And actually, you did show the Amazon one, which is kind of somewhat representative. It was a great example that we showed yesterday on the show where you kind of got to see you saw a company and you could almost you could almost literally predict that that's what the, some of these cryptocurrencies are going to look like. You saw a bump in the beginning around 2000 to 2004. Right. And there it is. So look in the beginning. Right. And look, so that's where I lost my opportunity to become a multimillionaire because I'm an idiot. But anyway, like in the beginning, you could have bought it low. Then it pumped all the way up from like a dollar to one hundred and twenty five dollars. That's one hundred twenty X. Then it came all the way back down. Right. During that. So that beginning part where you see that pump in 2000, that's what we call the speculative stage. Because they were talking about being a bookstore and like, OK, who cares about online bookstore? OK, or whatever. There was a bunch of speculation that drove it up. Right. Then it came down, but it really didn't start making money and becoming big until after 2010, as you can see, when the real you. So everybody talks about utility and use case. I wish I could write two words on this chart. In the year 2000, I'd write the word speculation. Abs, bring that chart back. I literally would write the word speculation. And then utility, I would write in the 2010 and beyond stages. You know how everybody's excited? Like, oh, Johnny, when utility comes, it's going to be great. Yeah. But look how long it takes. This is what I want people to understand. You have a certain amount, there's a large lag between the time you see the price appreciation from speculation to utility. I mean, it took over when? 2010 to get over the speculative price. It took 10 years, Abs, to get over the speculative price that you could have gained and made generational wealth 10 years earlier in 2000 versus having to wait for utility 
result to kick in, which may or may not work for some coins, and it took 10 years later. Do you see why it's so important? That makes question. You're spot on, Johnny. First of all, we got 406 live listeners joining us. Thank you for being here, guys. Show us some love and smash that like button. Here's what I take away when I look at this chart. I just said it's 1998. I just said it's 1998. That means, does that mean we're 20 years away from this, Johnny? Maybe you can answer that. You know, nobody's going to like the answer, but the reality is to, I know, I'm sorry, Jenna, but to really see the true, you know, maybe we can make the argument that maybe it'll accelerate a little faster because the internet and things are here. Five to ten. I don't know. Jenna, I would love five, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling it, but maybe we're 10. It'll be, it'll be old in 20 years, Johnny. Like now we're, we're five to 10 and you know, like ripple exacts and people like that they're love. And we're saying like, we're like three years. So I'm definitely at the five. I I would be more in the five to 10 year camp for this one because the technology is advanced. We've got the internet. We have more infrastructure. I don't think we have to wait 20 years abs, but I don't think it's happening in three either. I mean, we're probably five to 10, somewhere like that to get the maximum appreciation of that price curve, you're probably talking five to ten. Wait till you can pay with your Uber with XRP and stuff like that. Like all of these are going to be integrated. You know that they were an angel investor in Ripple, right? Yeah. And another thing I saw this weekend Seriously. is Travala actually allows you to deposit XRP and book hotels, experiences, flights, all of that stuff. Accessibility is going to be key. Everybody says, well, I would never sell my XRP for a plane ticket. That's not what it's about. It's about the fact that you can. Maybe I don't want to use dollars. I don't, I don't have any cash. I don't have my credit card on me. I love how's it going. <laughs> three spots. Hey, if we are five to 10 years. The good news, we got three more bull runs left. Like, I love that. That's great. <laughs> yes. yes. I've, uh, let me get my next video ready. Cover for me, John. Yeah, no. So I think at the end of the day, you know, there was a question that came up, Jen. I'd love to get your thoughts. Somebody said, how much XRP do you need to have carrying into the future? And so I know we've kind of chatted this in the past, but I'm wondering if you have some uh, what your thoughts are on like, what is a decent amount of bags to bring with you in the future for XRP? Yeah, every, everybody wants that answer, right? I used to ask that myself. And, you know, if you ask Bubba, Bubba Cubs, like, you know, 20,000 is enough for generational wealth. Well, whatever. Like, here's the thing. It's different for every single person, but that's where Merlin comes to play, right? You have to ha- be realistic, right? You have to be like, okay, well, what if this only hits five to $10 next full run? Where am I going to be happy taking gains? You want to ride that up, ride down? How long are you going to wait? What does that look like for you? And that's why I leave the echo chamber of the XRPL. I already have that planned out in my head. And that's when you have to sit down and you have to do that work. And luckily, you know, you have those tools now, i.e. Merlin, they make it pretty easy for you, but there's no easy answer to that because here's the thing nobody knows anything but if it does pop off you want to be ready but i i totally disagree with the people who are like i'm never selling i'm never selling you know what i'm gonna sell probably 75 percent of my portfolio because i know that what goes up comes down guys it has to all level back out it has to retrace like that is just the rules of the market that's how it goes okay so you know it, it looks different for everyone you nailed it jenna you nailed it so big what goes up must come down and listen if you don't want to sell it's okay you're just gonna leave money on the table you know but at the end of the day you know when you look at the xrp price realistically a lot of people feel ten dollars is realistic so you should ask yourself okay at a ten dollar price how much xrp do you need to own to become whatever you want generational wealth if you want a million dollars and you know it's ten dollars well you know you you have to have a hundred thousand xrp so you literally could do the math if you believe in the fact that it can get to, you know, somewhere into that $10 range and, you and know, that's and one way to work backwards. There's, and there's another whole, um, you know, 
realm that you could open up and talk about intrinsic value. And that's when you really start to see XRP in the multiple thousands to even hundred thousand plus valuations. And I'm actually going to have Molly Elmore on my show later on this week to explain what intrinsic value is, because, you know, it, it's also something that is very interesting and you can look at. And I think that that's why a lot of people have such a range for XRP from everything from $13 to, you know, a half a million. And I, I thought it was laughable, but it's just interesting to hear how they arrive at those conclusions. Here's what's interesting too. We had waters above on yesterday. And if you can just do the math for yourself, guys, if we get to $13, is that generational wealth? You have to ask yourself is a million dollars. If you had a hundred thousand XRP and we get to $10 is a million dollars generational wealth. No, the sad answer is no. And it's a lot of money, but it is not generational wealth. Nowadays in America, you need $5 million. You put that in a portfolio, you get 8% per year, and you can live comfortably off of that. Then you add your income in as well, but I don't want to get too complicated here. Let's kick it over to John Deaton right now, because he's going to give us an update on what's happening between Ripple and the SEC. They could be talking settlement right now. I'm not saying they are. Sure. Right. But uh, but they could and um, they don't want to try the case. So I don't think a trial is going to happen. Mm. OK, so they that's could. your prediction uh, that a trial is not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think a trial is going to happen. They're going to lose. And um, and uh, do they really want all that Hinman stuff and the drama of a trial? And I mean, a trial in this case don't even take a month. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, they're going to, Ripple would want to call Hinman, Valerie S, Amy Starr, uh, Hester Purse. I mean, I'm just, I'm just naming names, right? Oh, sure. Uh, and that's, I think, what the SEC is trying to avoid here, Johnny. I'm going to play the remainder of this video, but think about it. We discussed it on our show. The reason the SEC doesn't want to go to trial is because then Ripple gets to call in anybody they want to testify. And that could be some shocking news revealed from the SEC. But here we go. Here's John Deaton. Uh, they might want to call John Deaton. Who knows? Uh, uh, Clayton. Just, huh? Hey, Clayton, maybe? I mean, it's just, it's going to be a big, big, long, lengthy, very, very expensive trial. And, and if your chances are slim to none, why do... Why do that? And we're getting a little tech issue there, Johnny, but I'm just going to kick it to you. He said the most important part. They can't call these witnesses to the stand. That's the last thing the SEC wants to do. I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to be airing out some dirty laundry. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen if this we get to that point. And, you know, I don't think so. He said two things that are costly. Well, the SEC don't care about that because they have an endless supply of money because government's back. So from that perspective, they'll get the money. Right? I'm not worried about that. The question is, do they want the mud on the face from the dirty laundry that's going to come out? And I would think they probably don't want to go through that. And I agree with John Deaton here. I don't think they're going to go to trial. It makes sense for them to settle with them, collect a paycheck, lock the doors, zip it so they don't have to worry about all this him and stuff coming back. And basically they get a big payday and they walk away and they're going to and they're going to claim victory on that, too. You know that, right? Oh, yeah, we got Ripple to pay us seven hundred million dollars. They're going to claim they're going to march up and down the street like it was a huge victory. But the reality, the real victory would have been for XRP and Ripple in the long run, because because Chris and Brad will be done. The SEC will be off their back. XRP will be not, marked as not a security for the most part you know, in programmatic programmatic sales. And it's a win-win for them in the long run. So I think that's where we're headed, Abs. I think 
I think we're going to see a settlement case coming, you know, announcement maybe sometime in uh, April, May of next year. Well, Jenna, this I'm... is the type of stuff they're trying to avoid too, right? Uh, Judge Torres revealed in her submission, not only did Ripple win, but this was a key answer that was provided. Who owns the XRP ledger? Ripple does not own the XRPL, which is based on an open source software. Anyone can use the ledger, submit transactions, host a node to contribute to the validation of transactions, and propose changes to the source code or develop applications that run on the ledger. United States clarity will come through the courts. It's like Gary Gensler said back in 2019. Jen, I'm kicking it to you. Yeah, no, it's a decentralized, you know, public ledger, 100%. But, you know, just to hit back on what John Deaton said, I love him, right? I'm reading his book. He, oh my God, he can brawl in the courtroom. He is a an yeah. amazing trial um, attorney. Like this guy is a freaking undefeated man. He, yes, he yeah. is just a machine, but to bring him in and just to even put him up on set, they wouldn't even want to do that. Like they don't want to play. There's way too much that could go on with this, but I was reading, um, I don't know if you guys saw attorney Jeremy's post that he had up and I don't know where he was getting those statistics from, right? It was kind of crazy, but I think he only gave it like an 18% for settlement. But either way, the important thing to know is if there's a settlement, guys, we're going to know that by April 16th, right? So we'll know yes or no if there's not, but just be prepared that this thing could drag on until it's 2026. So that's saying. That's a long yeah, which by the way, doesn't really, to, for the most part, and it, the, the good thing about that, if it's all tied up that long is, it'll kind of be one of those things where XRP has its clarity and until they get an appeal on that, which would happen after 2020s or what do you say? 2026, 2027, Jeremy mm-hmm. thought, you know, we're yeah. for a long time where it can go through and work its adoption and start working with companies because companies are now saying, Hey, we're talking to ripple again. And that's a good thing. And if we're four years away before anybody has to worry about anything, I think we're, but I, again, it would be best if they just settle and get the thing over with. And that just clears the path for a ripple 100%. But that does that actually provide clarity for other tokens and the rest of the space or no? It, well, it really doesn't. Only, I mean, they can use the, it. Only in the programmatic sales part, it does give some clarity to some degree, I've heard. But that's only in one district, right? You've got seven other, six other districts in the U.S. that could rule against it. And if that happens, then we go up to the Supreme Court. One more key detail here. This is John Deaton talking about how Ripple's going to try to reduce the $700 million fine. And argue over what is the appropriate level, right? Ripple's going to try to reduce that $770 million. Right. Yes, the SEC could be talking settlement right now. They don't want to try the case. So I don't think a trial is going to happen. And they're going to lose. And John Deaton's much smarter than us, Johnny. So we got to give it. We got to give our flowers. This man is undefeated in the court of law. That's something else I took from his book. I was just reading through the highlights. But Johnny, you tell me. Do you think one we're going to go to court, and two will Ripple get a reduction in that seven hundred seventy million? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, I think we'll see a reduction. No, I don't think they'll go to court. And yes, I always want. I'll tell you what, man. If I was going to court, I'd be like, hey, he's undefeated. I want him on our team too. Bring Deaton in. Roll him in, get him in the court, put him on our team. In fact, if I ever need an attorney, that's the first guy I'm going to. We have the undefeated. I'll take that record any day of the week. But I like, I like, I like attorney Deaton in general. He's a good guy. We've had him on the show, friend of the family here. So uh, good for him. He's been, you know, and actually Brad called him out at the night of the XRP party. If you were there, right? Because he knew Deaton stepped up. He brought in seventy thousand. XRP holders and a shit ton of amicus briefings that really, I think, helped, helped, I don't want to say sway the judge, but it certainly made the judge's job easier 
when she got a record number of amicus briefings that, you know, Jeremy Hogan said, if you get one or two amicus briefings, that's a lot, Abs. He had 14 of them. So kudos to John Deaton. Uh, he definitely, I think, you know, had a huge, huge impact or, uh, on the outcome of this case as well. John, uh, John Deaton, or sorry, Johnny, I'm, I don't know if you're a UFC fan, but I'm sure there are some in the building. And it's like Khabib Nurmagomedov says, undefeated and undisputed, number one in the world, <laughs> Mr. John Deaton. Yes, We're going to close this show off with an interesting conversation. This is Caroline Ellison, Sam Bagman frieds ex-girlfriend here, going into court because she is going to be testifying against Sam today. And Johnny, I just wanted to play this 11-second video here and get some comments from you before we dive into the article. This is her walking in. I got a weird feeling about this whole thing. She's set to testify this afternoon, and she's already talked to private investigators. So here's what's interesting. I guess in court of law, if you're the first witness to squeal, you get the most advantages. So when something like this goes down, a lot of it comes down to how close were the relationships that you're that we're dealing with the corruption here. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like the, the only thing that can really hurt Sam Bankman-Fried in this trial is what Caroline Ellison and his former CTO as well, Gary Wang, tell the courts. And I guess Caroline... She's already working with the courts to reduce her deal. She's already working on a plea deal here. So she's going to call out Sam Bankman-Fried. She's going to explain the corruption that's going on. Is this another example where you're not anticipating anyone to be held accountable or is this a little bit different? Well, I mean, no, I mean, they're going to get the, they're going to get their, their plea bargain deals and they're going to, you know, probably get a, a slap on the wrist and get off scot-free. They're going to, so in the mob world, they're going to, they're going to be a rat, right? So they're rats and that's where, you know, but they they ratted them out, and and so the the reality is, you know, in this case, you know, it's I'm kind of glad that somebody decided to rat him out because what he did was wrong anyway. The sad part of it is they were also involved, and they're going to get off, you know, with with a much less harsher punishment. She may not even go to jail, and she was his girlfriend too, I think, for a while. You want to talk about a complete. Well, so I did a little investigation on their relationship. It's very weird, very oh. abnormal, I would say. I guess that they were living together, but they weren't communicating with one another. They were in a polyamorous relationship, an open relationship. So there's a lot of like weird details going on. There were nine people living in the house together, and they were all. Yeah. They have were an all orgy. Say it. <laughs> Close this out here, Jenna. Bunch, bunch of horny nerds. <laughs> Jenna said it. TV show one day. You know, somebody said it here too, Abs. They're like, she's probably going to end up getting a book deal on the TV show. And she'll end up coming out like a queen. But meanwhile, she's also a rat snake weasel and screwed a lot of innocent people and took a lot of people's money. You know, yeah. a lot of people got hurt from this deal. So just because she's sitting in there and she's ratting them out. Let's not make her a superhero here. Okay. Oh, yeah. I hope I didn't come off that way. No, no, you're not. You're not. I don't want people to think that because because she's going to come out, she's going to rat like, oh, yeah, she rat him. That's great. No. He did a plea deal. That means she's, she's only ratting him out to save her own ass. Let's 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 Jenna, let me read this and kick it straight to you, because Ellison agreed to a plea deal with the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Southern District in New York. This means full disclosure of the information and documents demanded by prosecutors during the course of trial. And she also revealed that she had been aware that FTX customer funds were being used, saying that Almeida had access to a borrowing facility through FTX from 2019 until 2022 and obviously sam is facing seven accounts of conspiracy and fraud so yeah that's pretty much all the details there jenna why don't you give me your thoughts oh yeah she's gonna sing like a canary she's their star witness she's got to save her own ass that is the name of the game in this like these are not gangsters they are gonna turn on each other 
They do not want to be locked up in jail. I mean, look, and I agree with this whole book deal, et cetera. She will come out. Look at what they did with Anna Dalby. You know, she was a huge fraud, New York City social scene and everything like that. And they gave her a Netflix special. So I don't know. I think it'll turn around. I think she'll get really popular off of it. She's probably got to, you know, say, do some time. But a lot of these guys, they want their sentences reduced. You know what I mean? They're just a bunch of devs who did some effed up shit. And they were too young. They were too young to be handling all this. Not saying anything of what they did was okay, but they're going to turn on the boss. It's an interesting time, guys. And we're watching the unfolding. Many called it a black swan when it took place. But now it's more like a Netflix TV series here. We got 378 live <laughs> listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to close this episode out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny Crypto and thank you to Jenna X for joining us on this Tuesday. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We love you. And Coach JV is our special guest tomorrow. That's going to be an awesome episode. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, ah, get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining. Woo! Let's go, baby.